One of my guilty pleasures is one day I was showing off of Fifth Avenue and I walked into, I just didn't have anything to do. And I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell you or whatever, but I just got a ticket to the Met and I walked through the Impressionists. I love the Impressionist area. You're and fine. it just takes me to another, it's like reading a very good book. And that hour that I spent was, transported me. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's so amazing, not only about the Upper East Side, but about Manhattan. You can get lost if you allow yourself. Welcome to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Kostaska and Jonathan Conlon, write down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. If you've ever thought about living on the Upper East Side, but wanting to know a little bit more, this episode is for you. John and Jonathan are discussing all their favorite restaurants, bars, shopping, and more, as well as John's favorite bakeries. John and Jonathan will also cover a bit about the current real estate market in Manhattan and what changes they are seeing as we move into Q4 of 2020. Well, welcome back everybody to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. How you doing, John? Wonderful, Mr. Colin. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, good. It was a long vision in blue. I like that. You like that? Going golfing. Oh, you're rocking the, the normal white today. So today we're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the market, a little overview. Uh, and then we've decided to add to our mix uh, talking about uh, neighborhoods. So today we're going to talk about one of the biggest neighborhoods in the city. Uh, one of the most populated neighborhoods in the city, the Upper East Side, one of uh, the home to our office, the home to uh, many things, as we'll talk about. Uh, but first, John, how are you? How was the week? I mean, I think I know how your week went, but I'll, why don't you... Uh, I will tell you, I th it was a good week. It was a long, uh, uh, you know, with its challenges, but it was busy, busy, much busier. So we've seen much more traffic and many more showings. We have actually even more listings coming on the market right now. And that's good. Do we see a tremendous amount of, uh, uh, you know, numbers and numbers of offers being made? No, but the first, the precursor is always the showings first. And with that, our contracts hit the highest level since, um, since the week of March 7th to the 13th, based on our market stats. So that tells us, yeah. okay, the market's starting to pick up. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I love the fact that Corcoran has stepped up their communication with us in regards to statistics. So uh, we get these now weekly statistics where they're comparing it. I wrote that on the survey, by the way. I'm taking credit for it. And Michael Cosentino oh, said, it's totally John, I hear what you said. And it's yeah. a very good idea. So I, it's all Gaskaska's credit, but I, far be it from me. Always I, leading I, the I'll way. Always leading the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're getting these market statistics. And you know, yes, of course, it's only a week, a snapshot in time, and there can be a big variation one week to an, to the next, which we're seeing. But what's interesting is that uh, the trend, which is always what people should rely more upon, is the trend. And the trend is, is that week after week, we're seeing a little bit more confidence in the market as the numbers go up a little bit. Now, it's very tenuous. We have a lot of, you know, things out there right now that could could affect that to a substantial amount. But, uh, but we have seen weekly sales overall uh, have risen year over year um, for an entire month now straight. So that's a great trend to see. I'm 
hoping that it continues. Uh, I'm hoping that none of those big things that we've mentioned in the past uh, have a huge effect, a resurgence of COVID, for instance. Um, and we keep on this trend. So, and it, it certainly, we have seen it on our, on our listings with an uptick in, in showings, as you said. Um, so uh, it's, it's uh, all very interesting to track and to see. And we send out those statistics on Monday on our Instagram, if people want to see it, we send out uh, the, the weekly uh, wrap up basically on the statistics side. So and one thing I, I do want yeah. to just interject is that it's important that we verbalize that, that yes, sales are up in Manhattan year over year now. In our, in our little microcosm, we can very easily say, well, we've not seen that or experienced that. However, we are experiencing it. And the reason I say that is we have a six member team and we have uh, one apartment going to contract, two apartments going to contract today. We have one apartment that, that was in contract as of, I think, earlier part of the week or the end of last week. Uh, we have a rental that was just approved. We have another small rental, which is being approved right now. We have a larger rental that we are trying to, you see, so business is happening, albeit yeah. far slower. So that's important to acknowledge, you know, and we just keep on going. We're Hard to see that sometimes these days. Ever ready batteries. Gas, gas, Conlon. We just keep going like this. No, go, go. Go, 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 go. So which, without a doubt, let's talk about the Upper East Side. Let's go. We're totally going to get you a little drum and that's going to be your... Uh your uh, outfit this uh, Halloween. Upper East, Upper East, Upper <laughs> East, Upper bunch. East. I'm uh, upper East Side, yeah. What, uh, so John, where is the Upper East Side? How about we start there? Because we have a lot of people that don't really, even people that live here, which I always find interesting, uh, don't really know the delineations between the neighborhoods unless they've bought an apartment before or really focused on it. But a lot of times you have to live here for years before you really uh, you know, pick up those little nuances. So first so and foremost, where is it? Manhattan that goes like this, it's kind of like a, a big U. So you have Central Park and that divides the Upper East from the Upper West. So Upper East would start at 59th Street and would, would break off at Central Park, dividing ground. So Fifth Avenue, which borders Central Park. And then it goes all the way over to the East River and then on up to say 97th Street. But just like any neighborhood in Manhattan, the Upper East Side will be broken up into little microcosm neighborhoods, such as Yorkville, uh, Carnegie Hill, um, Lenox Hill. But we're just going to kind of give a general overview. What else is the Upper East Side noted for, Mr. Conlon? So the inventory, uh, the sheer number of inventory, number of apartment buildings and apartments themselves in the Upper East Side it is one of the most populous uh, neighborhoods just being from its sheer size, but also its vertical nature. So lots of these really big 100, 200, 300 unit buildings, even larger in some cases. And then also you have the uh, world renowned area of Park Avenue and Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, Madison, Fifth Avenue uh, as one of the gold coasts of uh, of Manhattan, where you have these iconic pre-war buildings, these old co-op buildings, which we, we sell a lot in and, uh, and are a little bit of a bear unto themselves, totally uh, different world, even from the normal co-op, um, which obviously we can go into on other, on other podcasts. But those, some of those, you know, 
top, top buildings occupied by some of the most famous people that have ever walked the planet um, and some, some of the most, uh, some of the wealthiest. But let's back up a little bit and give the people a little bit of a uh, history of the Upper East Side. Uh, it's always, I mean, I've learned some things going through and doing research in this uh, for the podcast here. Uh, what is the history of the Upper East Side? Early on when the train, because the train tracks were above ground. So the trains would run up along Park Avenue. And so it detracted people from wanting to live there. In the late 1800s, the 1870s, the, the tracks were taken below ground. And then now, even till this day, you cannot see the uh, Metro North until north of 97th Street, 98th Street, where it will come out of the tracks, so uh, out, of the, uh, out of the ground. So I say that because at that point, then you had many, many more affluent people wanting to gravitate to the Upper East Side. And then as in anything, even in today's day and age, the neighborhoods develop and they gentrify and they, they become what they are based on the type of people who are uh, inhabiting those neighborhoods. And so the, the great, great icon, um, iconic families of New York, the Roosevelt's, the, um, the uh, Vanderbilt's, the Kennedy's, the Rockefeller's, the Carnegie's, through their money, their, their wealth, their um, development, built the Upper East Side to what it really remains today. And as you said, some of the greatest iconic buildings in all of New York City and the Fifth Avenue and uh, Park Avenue real estate remains some of the most expensive in all of New York City. Just yesterday, I showed in one of these buildings, 1082 Park, and I'd never been in the building. It's a small building, uh, full floor units, and, uh, but it used to be a single family residence. And it, I mean, it must have been 30,000 square feet when it was built as a single family residence. And these, these uh, many times no longer remain in their original form. They've been cut up into uh, full floor units or, or duplex units or even multiple units per floor. But some of the amazing architecture from that time, from the early 1900s, where these families built these crazy, crazy mansions, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and walk around, especially as you get close to one of the biggest attractions of, uh, of the Upper East Side, which is being adjacent to Central Park, um, it, which is, you know, especially pertinent these days. We also have Carl Schurz Park, which is a great park up in, uh, uh, up yes. off of East End Avenue. Asphalt uh, Green. Asphalt Green, which there's a, a, it's basically all fields, soccer fields and such. And so many people have their um, their kids in uh, activities there. There's also a big gym, which I've never been in. Have you ever been in that gym? No, uh, me neither. But it's a it's a it's a massive gym and actually I think fairly economical. Um, John Jay Park. It's about a two block park in the in the upper 70s along the river. Um, and it's it, not really a park, but much like they did on the Upper West Side, there's uh, there they are working on still connecting a walking path all along the, the coast there of the East River. And they're getting through Sutton Place and it's, it's getting close. I don't know what the most recent timeline is on that, but, um, but they are working their way much like the Upper West Side 
and uh, the west side of Manhattan did, you can now run basically from, not run, I mean, I wouldn't run, but you could, John, run all the way down and around. Eventually, you're going to be able to run from 110th Street on the west side to 110th Street on the east side, which will be really, uh, uh, really a crazy uh, it's crazy to even think about it, but they've had to work through it and such. So that would, although it's not like a sit around grassy park, it, it, it will certainly uh, add to it as an attraction for all the runners and bikers and such in the, in the city. So, um, so other attractions in the Upper East Side, let's hit some of those. Okay. So, so what I would, what I would say is that not only is it considered a really pretty residential area to live, Okay, so uh, people will be gravitated towards it for many, many different reasons, residential reasons, but there are some of the finest museums in Manhattan. So the iconic Metropolitan Museum of Art, the most, my favorite museum in all of Manhattan, the Frick Collection, you'll have the Jewish Museum, <clears throat> the um, Museum for the New City, which we actually put one of our Christmas cards in way uptown on Museum Mile. Um, and then some of the most beautiful art galleries, like the Newey Gallery, you'll have the Guggenheim Museum, really, really monumental tourist attractions are housed on the Upper East Side. Yeah, you're a little bit more involved in that world, but I do enjoy, I, you know, my wife loves museums, so we will, but she's a reader, like I can't, you know, I can't walk through a museum and like read all those little cards. With you the don't have to. Like, you don't have to. Let me tell you something. I know you don't have to, but that's what it's like going to the museum with my wife. And so we go separately unless we're traveling and then I'll, I'll you know, then I'll suffer through it. But, and she'll, <laughs> she'll compromise. It's all compromise. Much like our relationship, you got to compromise. But some of these art galleries are just beautiful just to walk through. You don't have to, you know, it's not like going to the uh, Museum of Natural History where they, they, you know, give you as much. It's just about the visual. Um, one of my guilty pleasures is one day I was showing off of Fifth Avenue and I walked into, I just didn't have anything to do. And I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell you or whatever, but I just got a ticket to the Met and I walked through the Impressionists. I love the Impressionist area. and. Fine. It just takes me to another, it's like reading a very good book. And that hour that I spent was, transported me. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's so amazing, not only about the Upper East Side, but about Manhattan. You can get lost if you allow yourself. Well, so, okay, so what other- what are things? one of those things, much like Central Park, where you can escape. Yeah, you know, you can get out of the crazy. You don't even feel like you're in a big city. Okay, so what else about the Upper East Side that is very important, I think, that, that grab, that, that attracts people. So one of the biggest reasons why people move to the Upper East Side is that sheer population, what follows with that is a tremendous amount of schools. Um, so, and you have your pick of the litter up there in terms of, of course, you have to pay for a lot of them, but the great, great, uh, the great number of public schools, you have uh, Catholic schools, you've got all boys schools, all girls schools, Montessori, um, uh, you know, some of them that, uh, you know, all of our clients always talk about are like St. Bernard's, Nightingale, um, Dalton. Dalton, yep. Yeah, so it's, it, it's certainly, you know, Carnegie Hill houses a lot of those. Carnegie Hill, just for, for everybody, is like 86th to 96th Street, west of 
uh, west of Park, west of Lex, actually. Um, so it, there's a lot of those schools that are in that area. And it, it, it is a lot of options. And certainly one of the being close to your kid's school, just from a sheer logistics uh, uh, standpoint is, is really invaluable. You know, I'm lucky enough to have my daughter's school four blocks, five blocks from my, from my house. And it, it makes our lives so much easier. If you have to go cross town and, and add a commute to your kid's school, if busing is not available or what have you, um, it really adds a lot of stress to people's lives here and we have enough. So if you can avoid that, great. So that does, that is a huge draw for the Upper East Side. Also, the East Side, like any place in Manhattan, which is, in my opinion, Manhattan in general is a dining capital of the world, has some really phenomenal world-class restaurants like Danielle and Balu. Balu is, I think, probably my favorite, uh, but also just amazing neighborhood restaurants. Mm -hmm. At one time, shops. at oh. one time, Second Avenue, which was now it's become a very fashionable restaurant driven network. So Persepolis, a Persian restaurant on just to throw out a couple 73rd between second uh, at Second Avenue, se between like 73rd, 74th, Sushi Gamba, I think is Sushi Zamba or something like that on Second Avenue and 73rd Street. Fabulous restaurants, but also more closer to my heart. Let's face it, San Ambrose, very near our office on the Upper East Side, the original San Ambrose on Madison Avenue, fabulous Italian, but also beautiful gelatos and Italian pastries. And then the two, no. I got to just, the two little redhead bakery on, what is it, 2nd Avenue between 84th and 85th, something like that, or 85th and 86th? I don't know how you retain the, the locations of all I of the love those in your mind. Because when I find a sweets area, it goes, it gets embedded in my brain. But all time outside of dining, so you'll have any kind of bagel store, bagel stores, really specialty restaurants. But my favorite spot in all of Upper East Side is the American Kennel on Lexington between 62nd and 63rd that houses the most cutest puppies in the entire planet. And I walk by there every day and my heart, not only does it break, but it just jumps for joy because I see all my best friends and it's the American Kennel, and I want to go in and I want to buy four dogs every single day of my life. Continue. So what, what else? To so, your husband's dismay. Yep, I send him pictures, and he, get, he says, no, I veto it. How much? Well, the other thing, and I mentioned the, this, this gold coast of, uh, of the Upper East Side in the Park, Madison, Fifth Avenue, on Madison, you have some of the most world-renowned shops. You've got Hermes, you've got- uh, Prada, you know, Chanel. Prada, Chanel, like you name it, and it's there. It's a place to be, and it's, you know, uh, it, it's comical to me because we have a lot of these, our, our office on Madison, and, uh, and you, you walk by these stores every day, and there's never anybody in there, uh, or it's like three people, and there's eight people working there. You know, it's it's- it's comical, but when there's a lot of tourists, you see a lot of tourists walking up and down Madison. So you have that iconic shopping, uh, shopping areas, but you also have things like Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's is, uh, uh, you know, a one-stop shop for kind of anything that you, uh, 
uh, need or want. You can walk Men's in. department at Bloomingdale's. I, I still get lost in Bloomingdale's as many times as I've been there. There's like, cause there's like, it feels like there's eight different levels on the street level because you go upstairs, you go, there's escalators that go down half a flight. It's crazy. But, um, but great shopping there, great sales. It's a very, it, it does have a very local, of course, a lot of tourists go to Bloomingdale's because it's Bloomingdale's, but, um, but a lot of locals shop, shop there, in, including ourselves. I got a question um, for you. I have a question for you. And it reverts back to the section that I took about the restaurants. Uh-huh. But what is one of your favorite restaurants on the Upper East Side? Well, one of my favorites, and it's, a, it's always a highly rated and such, is a, a little Italian place called Scalinatella, which is it's uh, mine and my wife's uh, favorite Italian place in the city. The food is amazing. And it's, 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 I don't know, it's so New York because you walk in, there's like a, a, almost like a, feels like a fire escape, just a stairway off, this, off the side street. Um, and you you walk down a flight of stairs. It's all in a basement, which you think fire code. How do they get away with that? But they do. And to go to the bathroom, you have to go back up like a flight and a half of stairs and wiggle through this little hallway. It's just very New York feeling. And you're in this. Uh, uh, they're all strictly Italian waiters. Um, it's not cheap, but it just the ambiance and the. Uh, and the authenticity of the the people that are running are working there, and then the food on top of it. Of course, it's it's amazing. It's really a- one thing that you just reminded me of is my favorite Italian on the Upper East, and I love Scalinatella as well. But Il Molino, right yeah. around the corner from us, it's unbelievable. And again, 60th between Park and Madison Avenue, and that's very close to my heart. Yeah, I think Scalina Il Molino is a little bit more. I think. Um, popularized scalinatella feels like more of a local it's a throwback yeah that's that's a real old new york restaurant yeah both are iconic okay there's also you know there is a mixture of bars and you know a lot of neighborhood local bars uh throughout there's some sports bars and such like you get over to like second avenue um and they have these uh a lot of sports bars that are very um uh, dedicated to one particular team. Uh, so you do have some local bars and such, but, but it is not the Upper East Side. I would say what it's not is, is necessarily a place for the nightlife. It's not big business up on the Upper East Side. I think that the only big business that you'll see is the Bloomberg Tower right on 59th Street. Um, Bloomberg, uh, you know, Bloomberg's building. But otherwise, you'll have, um, you will have some, uh, you know, some of the <laughs> many big, hosp- well-renowned re- well, uh, hospitals and doctors. Some of the most expensive doctors are on the Upper East Side. So some of the great hotels are up in the Upper East Side. My very first job in New York City back in 1988, yes, I'm dating myself, was at the Westbury Hotel. It's long been condo, but it was at 69th and Madison Avenue where the Polo Lounge was and Jackie Onassis would come in and heads of state would come to this hotel, an old world English hotel, but you still have the Plaza Atenee, which is English on East 64th, the Lowell, um, I think it's 62nd or 63rd Street, um, the, uh, uh, the, Cafe, Carlisle. Uh, the Carlisle Hotel. And so some of the grand old, ho- beautiful old, old, old hotels. I mean, there are some things that we don't find in the Upper East Side. Um, like you mentioned, commercial space, like just office space, big office buildings. Like you mentioned. 
One of the things that's also, I think, very important to talk about on the Upper East Side, and I mentioned it earlier, is public transportation is extremely important. And with the development of the Second Avenue subway a few years ago, it has transformed the far eastern corridor of the east side, which has allowed people to access west side and midtown and downtown yeah. very, very easily Certainly. in a way that they weren't able to do before. And like you mentioned, it was a bit crazy for a long time. I mean, that, that avenue, second avenue was torn up for... I don't know, six, eight years. I, it longer seemed than like that. that it was wasn't longer than that. It's just 15 years. Uh, it just seems like it was the never ending project yes. um, that the city's been focusing on. And, um, you know, they were blasting all the time and such. And so many of those businesses went out of business because they just weren't, you, nobody would walk along Second Avenue. And so many of those businesses rely on that walk, walk in uh, traffic. So, but now, the Second Avenue subway is the Q train is fantastic. It hooks that whole Upper East Side to go. You don't have to walk over to Lax, which is two more two more avenues. Uh, that whole Second Avenue corridor is coming back with a vengeance, and Dude. I would say in most cases it's back. It's not like there's because it's been now uh, what four years, five years since it's mm -hmm. been uh, been back up and running. So and all the stuff's been taken out of the street and et cetera. So. Um, that's certainly, and that goes from, starts at 96th Street, 86th Street, 72nd Street, and then 64th Street, and then goes right down the middle of Manhattan, ties into the, another line. So it is a very, very convenient uh, public transportation route. So The nicest train in the city. These yeah. yeah. And then the, only well, the, last... the subway stations are the nicest. Right now, yeah. The only, the last thing that I'd like to just say is that I guess if I were to encapsulate the Upper East Side and it has, just like any neighborhood in Manhattan, it has, it attracts certain people who just love it and other people who say, I don't love it. I want to go to this side or I want to go downtown. But the Upper East Side has presented incredible, incredible values in real estate to first time buyers. It just does. There's yeah. many more units over there versus the Upper West side of real estate. And so there's a lot more choice over there. And as you and I have both experienced, and as we sell now on Park Avenue and on Fifth Avenue, some of the great, great buildings, and there are wonderful, wonderful apartments on Park and on Fifth Avenue that are far more reasonable than downtown real estate albeit they're cooperatives versus condos. But, uh, yeah. but so I think that it's, it's an extremely uh, diverse and um, really, really pretty, pretty area to live in. And also, if people have their favorites and your suggestions, oh, you guys, you have to go here or you missed this, by all means, put it into the show notes. And John's really, he, his, his number one goal for saying that is to, to find more bakeries and more cupcakes, especially totally. cookies, anything, any suggestions he needs. But if to somebody puts in Melissa's, I've already been there on Lexington. Don't even bother. Melissa's, I've been there, done that. I want the small, I want the, you know, Hungarian or the, you know, Viennese or the bakery. Local, local. Local. I'm talking really obscure, the better, <laughs> and something that I haven't yet tried. That can send me to the moon. Great to talk to you, John. To Everybody stay safe and healthy. And, and remain in gratitude. See you next week.
Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gastaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. If you'd like to take a look at our listings, have a property you're thinking of selling, or are wondering if we could help you finally find the perfect place to call home, feel free to reach out. You can email us at info at johnandjonathansellnyc.com or reach out via our Facebook page or Instagram at johnandjonathansellnyc. If you enjoyed today's podcast, consider telling a friend or family member about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts and we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. Subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode and we'll see you next time.